Yo, partnership alert, partnership alert, partnership alert. Living Corporate has a partnership with LinkedIn Learning, an American massive open online course provider that provides video courses taught by industry experts across a wide array of subjects. Now, the partnership is because Living Corporate has courses on LinkedIn Learning focused on diversity, equity, inclusion for leaders, career professionals, and anyone really looking to upskill themselves and be better allies. So make sure you check out our courses on LinkedIn Learning by clicking the link in the show notes. And let's just say you don't want to do that. You go to LinkedIn Learning on LinkedIn, search Living Corporate. We'll be right there. All right. Peace. Hey, everybody, this is See It to Be It, the Wednesday podcast from Living Corporate. Living Corporate is a digital media network that centers and amplifies black and brown people at work. My name is Amy C. Wanninger, and I'm the host of See It to Be It. When I was growing up in rural southern Indiana, I didn't know people who went to college or who worked in professional roles. I didn't even know what those jobs looked like or how to break into them. And in a lot of cases, I didn't know those jobs existed. But this show isn't about me. It's about the guests. Every week, I bring you career stories from everyday role models in jobs you may not know exist. More importantly, the folks I interview share their perspectives as black and brown professionals in jobs and environments where they may be the only. My guest today is Kat Dunn. She's a course creator who helps busy entrepreneurs add revenue streams to their business. But before we get to the interview, we're going to tap in with Tristan for some career advice. What's going on, y'all? It's Tristan of Layfield Resume Consulting, and I've teamed up with Living Corporate to bring you all a weekly career tip. This week, I want to cover three job-seeking settings on LinkedIn that anyone looking for a job should turn on. One of the services I offer my clients is a LinkedIn optimization service that helps clients brand themselves to attract the job opportunities they want. During my intake call for the service, I always do a quick overview of the settings with my clients, and there are three settings in particular that always draw a common response. Something similar to, I didn't know LinkedIn even had those options. So I wanted to share them with you to make sure you're taking full advantage of the platform. The first setting is called, let recruiters know you're open to opportunities. When you turn this on, it shares that you're open to considering new positions and it helps you appear in recruiter searches matching your career interests. If you turn it on, you'll also want to go to your profile under the section titled Your Dashboard and click Career Interests. There you'll be able to leave a note for recruiters, state what job titles you're interested in, and the location where you want your next role to be. The next setting is signal your interest to recruiters at companies you've created a job alert for. Long name, I know. If you didn't know, LinkedIn has a job posting board with over 20 million jobs. LinkedIn also allows you to create job alerts for companies you really want to work for. With this setting on, when you create the job alert, it lets recruiters from that company know you're interested in working there. The last setting is called Share Your Profile When You Click Apply. This setting increases your chances of being viewed by sharing your full profile with the person who posted the job when you're taken off of LinkedIn to apply. 
I know LinkedIn doesn't do a great job of advertising these settings, but turning them on could help you land that next opportunity. This tip was brought to you by Tristan of Layfield Resume Consulting. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Layfield Resume, or connect with me, Tristan Layfield, on LinkedIn. Living Corporate is brought to you by the Liberated Love Notes Podcast, part of the Living Corporate Network. The Liberated Love Notes Podcast is a starting point for integrating self and community affirmations into your daily practices. The Liberated Love Notes Podcast centers the experience of black folks existing in white systems and speaks to overcoming imposter syndrome, disrupting injected and internalized forms of oppression, embodying an abundance mindset, and building a healthy, racial identity check out liberated love notes podcast wherever you listen to podcasts hosted by Brittany Janae Harris welcome back to see it to be it my guest today is Kat Dunn Kat the course builder Dunn runs a full service agency with the goal of helping 1 million people teach 1 million Kat assembled a team of industry leading course building professionals and she is well on her way to reaching that 1 million by 1 million goal. She's launched almost 17,000 courses since 2015 in five countries on three continents. Kat is a course building expert with more than 19 years of experience creating learning and development programs for some of the most recognizable brands, including some you will know, Walmart, Verizon Wireless, Ocean Spray, the IRS, and the United Way. Kat and her team have a thorough understanding of business marketing and how a properly designed course can be a valuable revenue generating tool. In fact, last year, she helped her clients earn over $12.6 million in additional income through courses. And she's been featured on ABC, CBS, Fox, and NBC, and now on See It To Be It. Welcome, Kat. Hey there, Amy. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. No problem. I always like to tell people how we met. And for those of you who caught the episode uh, with Brian Olds from Black Speakers Network, uh, he actually introduced Kat and me so that we could have this conversation today. So Brian, if you're listening, thank you. And Kat, I'm so glad to have you here. I'm guessing you didn't just wake up one day and decide you were going to do this work. How did you get started? What did you study in college? What were your first jobs? Yeah, so Amy, I thought I was going to be the next Oprah Winfrey. That was my total goal in life was to, first of all, get on the Oprah Winfrey show. So for some of your audience who might be a little bit younger, they may not know that ultimate goal of getting on the Oprah Winfrey show. But so I went into journalism. That was my very first career. So I uh, got a Bachelor of Science degree from the University of Florida. I got all my degrees from the University of Florida. And so journalism was my intended path. And I did that for some years and and then got into instructional design I could tell you how that happened too but uh because it was a little bit it was a little bit uh, of a different journey and actually I was working as a corporate trainer after my career in journalism and I was out on Sunday back on Friday out on Sunday back on Friday really just traveling a lot and I figured that if I was ever going to have a life in my terms of what a life was, I wasn't married, I didn't have any kids, all my siblings were moving on with their personal lives, but here I was just jaunting around. And I said, I've got to get stable. I, I can't just be going just because corporate tells me I got to be in all these places. 
And so one day I went to another floor where the instructional designers were working. And what drew me to them was the fact that they didn't have to be there every day. And I didn't understand how they were doing that. And I was just like, I just knew that I was teaching the courses that they were creating. And I was like, but I, I honestly, Amy, I didn't really care about that. What I cared about was the fact that they didn't have to be in the office every day. And that's what I really wanted. And so I got with someone down there and I was like, listen, what do you guys really do? And what is this instructional design thing all about? And thankfully, one of them took me under his wing and really taught me everything that he knew in his spare time, which I was so grateful for. And so I decided to go back to school yet again. I already had my MBA. So I decided to go back yet again and get a uh, master's degree in instructional design and teaching with technology. And so that is how I became an instructional designer. And I was able to get a life, Amy. <laughs> so I was able to get married and have a kid and do all the things that I wanted to. And so I started off at that time, really respecting the idea of time freedom, really understanding that that in order to have the life that I really wanted to have, that I had to set myself up to have that time freedom. Nobody was going to just give it to me. And so that's what I did. And so I have been doing it ever since, helping entrepreneurs to get that time freedom in their lives using the power of courses. I love this. I am such a fan of online courses. I'm a little bit of a courseaholic uh, because when I see something like, Ooh, I need to know about that. And I'll sign up. And the business that I've built is largely to the credit of some of the online courses that I took when I was starting out, because I didn't know how to do all of the things that it requires of an entrepreneur to do. And, you know, but online courses are not just a vehicle for learning. They're also a great vehicle for making money in your own business. Absolutely. And the, I think people are getting more and more comfortable with that now. What kinds of changes have you seen in the industry just in the last couple of years with more people working remote and more people turning to virtual, whether it's live remote or pre-recorded training? Yeah, that's a great question. So the changes that I've seen the most is that before the pandemic, it was a little bit of a push to get people to really understand that online courses was really the future. And a lot of people were doing it because they take courses at their job or at their school or something like that. But not everybody was like, yeah, do I really need to bring courses into my business as a passive income stream? I don't know. I think I'll just do a live event. I think I'll just bring people in and I'll meet them at the coffee shop or I'll do this. And when that was taken away, it was this bum rush, right? To say, oh my gosh, what else can I do? Let's go digital, let's go online. So it has really exploded. And honestly, Amy, I don't think it's going to ever really change again because I think that people have gotten the message that things can change, they may change, and you've got to be ready no matter what's happening. And yes, we have seen a spike in our business. We've seen a spike in the industry with online courses, online course platforms and tools and solutions and trainings and all of that, because there is a huge market demand for it now. Yes, there's, there's, it seems like every day I learn about a new online platform where you can load all this stuff, but the platform is less important than the content, right? 
Absolutely. So I always say teachable can't teach and think if it can't think. Okay. At the end of the day, you have to have a course that actually makes sense. The marketplace has gotten so competitive and so tight right now. It is a more than $250 billion industry and it is hot. And so you've got to be able to get out there with a course that is actually going to teach people something. So anybody can throw content into a platform and you're absolutely right. But consumers have gotten really Amy. They've been taking courses at their job, at their school and different organizations, and they're not just going to settle for a homemade looking course that doesn't teach anything. And so you've got to come out there professional. If you're going to come out in the marketplace, you've got to do it right. So let's talk about that because I think a lot of people are um, hesitant to do this because they think that's going to be a lot of work. Not only do I have to structure the course appropriately, I have to get all my content together. Then I have to hire professional video, professional audio, professional. This seems like a lot of upfront investment and it can be. And I've seen very successful courses that were just like this, right? Recorded on Zoom that people put out and the, the information is absolutely spot on. It's right. It's just what people need to get from where they are to where they want to go. So yeah. do you feel like people need to wait until they have all of that, all of that investment ready to make it like really polished and professional? Or do you think you can start where you are? Yeah, it depends on your niche, to be honest with you. And it depends on what's going on in your market. There are, you are competing with other people. So what has to be there is a trust factor. Okay, so the trust factor is really big. So if you're dealing with folks who already know you, like you, and trust you, then absolutely, you can get away with putting out just something. And then they'll, they're like, oh, this is going to be amazing because I know this person. But a person who doesn't automatically know you or trust you yet, they might see it differently. They might look at your competitor and say, hey, um, theirs looks polished. It looks like they took some time. It looks like it's worth the value point that they put on, that they put on it as a price. And so all of those things make a difference. Yeah. Do you have to have it polished out? It depends on how you want to present yourself out the gate and how many people you already know. If you're new to this, then you better come correct because your competitors are doing it. And so I would say there are certain investments that you don't have to make yet, but, but there are certain investments that you do have to make. That makes sense. And I love what you said about, it depends on what are the criteria for trust? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times that authenticity, right? That, Hey, I put this together for you because I know it's going to help you is more authentic than I rented a studio for a week and made it put animations in, but sometimes the flip of that is true. If you don't have the, the money to do it with all the bells and whistles, then you're probably not, you're not walking the talk that you say you are. And so Absolutely. I think knowing your audience is an important point. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we meet, and we meet people who are at different stages, some who have the investment to make it look super fancy and some who don't, and that's okay. Because I think that no matter what, price point you're at this point you can still 
monetize your knowledge. You can still put something out there. You can still at least get started with earning money, bringing money into the business so that you can upgrade, so that you can make some other investments. And when you have more, you can do more. Who do you recommend has should have an online course? What are some of the things that, that entrepreneurs have in place? Or, and I'm going to go out on a limb and even say side hustlers, because there are a lot of people who are very successful mm-hmm. in their side hustles with something like this. What are yeah. the right prerequisites before somebody should think about a course? Yeah, I think I'll start answering that by telling you who shouldn't be in the course business, okay? Right now. If you're if you do not have an expertise, if there's something that you just don't know what you're good at, then save your money, okay? You really want to hone in on something that people have been asking you about that perhaps you've been giving away that information for free for a long time. Maybe people call you on the phone. Those are the folks who need to consider having an online course. But if you don't have that, if you're still just like, I don't know what I'm good at, or I haven't figured it out yet. And that's okay. But just wait, okay, until you do have what I consider to be, and and you don't have to be at expert level. You just have to be brilliant at what you know. Just be good and just be just be able to get people from their point A to at least your point B, okay? At least be able to get people there. And if you can do that, then you should definitely have a course. You said something in there that was really interesting. It's the things that people call you and ask you about all the time. Yeah. And I actually spun up a whole business on that principle because I self-published my own books. Yeah. And people kept coming to me and saying, hey, can you help me with that? And if somebody's asking you over and over for the same help, find a way to monetize it. That's my advice because otherwise you will spend all of your time meeting people for coffee and on zoom, telling them how to do what you could be charging them to help them do. And one of the ways that I realized that I was going to build that business was through a course because I can't help everybody at scale. I can't, the people that need me or that need that information don't have the money to invest in huge, a very large price point, but I can teach them how to do it for a thousand bucks and they can figure it out and get started. And, but it was listening to people over and over and they would ask the same questions and I would walk them through the process. They would get stuck in the same places. And when you pay attention to those things, you realize, oh, that's what I need to put in. I love what you said about paying attention because having a natural curiosity about the curiosity of others is really going to help you to monetize, right? And so I was saying earlier um, in the broadcast that my first career was as a journalist. And so that has really served me well throughout the years of just being able to flex subjects and information and make it available for the everyday person who most Americans are about on a sixth grade reading level and being able to make it make sense and make it relevant and make it clear and all of that. And yeah, I, I really love that. I, I love that you're talking about really paying attention and really understanding and taking the time to understand what people need and filling that need. So if somebody wants to, they're hearing themselves in this conversation saying, oh yes, people are always calling me to ask me about X, Y, Z, whether it's how did I make the roses grow so well in my garden or Mm -hmm. what did I do to level up my career? Whatever the thing is that people are always calling them for. And there's, oh, maybe that could be a course. Where do you recommend they start as they're figuring out what they want to build? Yeah. So 
The first part is my, my first go-to instinct is to talk about how you're going to make money, how you're going to recoup, because there is some upfront investment in it, right? And there's some upfront investment of time to really understand what you're doing. So my go-to thought process is always, how are you going to make money? How are you going to recoup your costs? So when you talk about where we're going to get started, instead of getting started necessarily at outlining my course and that sort of thing, it goes back to what we were just talking about, really understand what people want to know first, okay? Because we don't want to spend a lot of time creating something that people don't want or don't need and that sort of thing. And so think about the gaps in understanding that your audience has, understand the gaps in the marketplace and how you can bring your unique experience to bear to help people to get from their point A to their point B. So how do you do that? How do I figure out how I'm different and what I'm doing? Do a little internet stalking, okay? So instead of shopping on QVC, I want you to go and look for yourself, okay? Look for yourself in other people. Do the Google searches. If you were searching for that very same subject, where would you go? What keywords would you use? What, what people come up when you do that search? And look, and you're going to find people who have already uh, blazed that trail. And that's actually really good news because that tells you that there's a market for what you're doing. And so you want to um, start by doing a little stalking, see what other people are doing and where you're, where you can fill in the gap. And I'll give you a great example, Amy. When I first got started in helping the average consumer to build courses, I could see right away where there were gaps in the industry. And the main gap that I saw was that no one was teaching people how to build courses that make sense that actually teach people. They were just saying, oh, throw it in Teachable, throw it in Thinkific, do this, do that. But at the end of the day, does it make sense? And can people follow it? Um, because they might buy your course once, but will they buy it twice? Will they refer someone? Will they go up your sales ladder if they didn't get a good experience from that very first course? Not, probably not. So if you want to make a real go of this and bring consistent income in, then you really have to make sure that you're putting out a good product. And so that's what we, what I did when I first got started. And I really saw that there was a huge gap. And, and so I, I came out and I was the anti-course creator. And uh, I say that because I would come out and say, I know what the gurus are telling you, but here's what they're not telling you. Here's what they're not showing you. This is where you're going to get burned in the marketplace. Because when you get out there, what you don't know is that the marketplace is changing and people want courses that will actually teach them. And if you don't do that, you're going to get a bad name out there and you really don't want that. And so let's start by having a course that you can actually sell over and over again because it's quality. Absolutely. You have, if you, your brand is always speaking for you and you have to be careful about what it's saying. Yes, and if you absolutely. put something out there that's, that's subpar, it's going to, it's going to come back to bite you. Kat, when somebody needs help, um, let's say they come to you for help. What are the parts of yeah. this process that you help them with? Is it everything from that beginning market research all the way through launch or are there pieces in between yeah. that you work on? Very good. So we help folks who already have an expertise and know what they're good at. So if you're not sure what that is, then we can't help you yet. Okay. But once you figure that out and you come into our ecosystem, then we certainly can. So we help in three main ways with course 
content development, course automation and tech, and course marketing. So the first thing that we do when you come into our agency is we assign you an instructional designer because we don't expect you, all of our designers as well as myself, we have master's degrees in this subject. And we don't expect people to come knowing how to get it out of their heads. And so if you got a course that's in your head, then even if you don't come to us, go to a, a, a real course builder, a real, I always say I'm a real instructional designer. I don't play one on TV. So what does that mean? That means that we're going to save you time um, because we can lay out something in a few sessions where it might take you a month or months to do it. And so we're going to get that course out of your head and we're going to make sure that it has the value point that you're wanting to bring into your business every single month. And so we take it through checkpoints and we make sure that, that we look at it not only from a content standpoint, but from a 360 degree vantage point. You as the facilitator, also from the, from the participant's vantage point, then from the business standpoint, is this course set up to sell at the price point that we want to offer it at? And so we're going to engineer it so that when you put it out there, you've got the confidence in knowing that yes, this is a real high ticket offer. I can command this. I have the confidence in knowing that the proof is absolutely in the pudding and I'm ready to get out there and sell it. And so then there's the automation piece. So that's where a lot of people get stuck, Amy. And so we just do it for our clients. We set up all the automation. All they have to do is present their links to people. And so it's all connected in the background and it goes to your CRM and all that other kind of stuff. And so we do all of that. And then you got to sell this thing, right? So we absolutely set up the marketing machinery in the background. The front end marketing is well as the back-end marketing machinery to help them to actually sell it and get it in front of their target market. And then if they choose to, which most of our clients do, we'll actually run their funnel for them because a lot of them are busy. They have other core things that they're doing. So we actually go in and do the lead generation, the lead nurturing and lead conversion for them. That's so valuable because what they don't tell you when yes. they don't, when they don't teach you how to be an entrepreneur in the first place, That's they right. don't tell you that it's not good enough if to just be good at what you do. You yes. have to be good at the marketing and the sales and the technology and the bookkeeping and the thing and the other thing. And before you know it, you're sitting there with 19 jobs. Correct. Only one of which you're actually qualified for. That's right. And the rest of them, you're just almost like frozen because like, what do you do next? Yeah. And they don't tell you that. They don't tell you. What they tell you is that if you build it, they will come. And that only works in the movies. Seriously. If you build it, it's going to sit there and collect dust, right? So you got to build it and have a plan. You got to build it and have a strategy for how you're going to get it in the marketplace, how you're going to make sales and a full sales strategy behind it that you are structured. And hey, if I get in front of this many people, I get this many leads, I'm going to be able to convert at X percentage, and then I'll be able to bring in this money. And here's how we're going to do it. And it takes them through, it takes you through lots of stages to actually get to that point. And how do you actually do that to bring in consistent revenue? And those who have ever just put their course in Teachable, Thinkific or whatever, they've learned that the hard way. They've learned that, oh, I managed to get it in there but it's not going anywhere. Nobody knows about it. It's just sitting there. I got no sales. What do I do? 
And I will say too, on another aspect of this for entrepreneurs, what I found is I use my course in, in different ways, right? It's a sales, it's a sales vehicle, something I can sell independently, but it's also something I use in the customer service of the process of the service that I provide. So mm-hmm. instead of holding the hand of my clients all the way through in that business, I say, go watch this module, go complete this worksheet, send it back to me and I'll take it from there. Yeah. And so it's actually, it's almost like a shortcut to the services that you provide as well. So there are a lot of ways to use these things once you get them built, once you get them running, once they're out there and and being consumed. I love that. I absolutely love a hybrid model um, where where you are incorporating the done for you piece with the done with you piece and the done do-it-yourself piece, right? Because they're doing a lot of that work themselves, which is going to save them some money. But I love the idea of taking them point by point and having them to have some investment, some skin in the game where they're doing some of the work that's going to save them some money. So I always say you either got time or money. You got the money, let somebody do it for you. If you don't, then you better have some time. That's right. So Kat, how can people find you if they have decided that they absolutely need your help with this? Because they absolutely do. How can they find you? Yeah, so you, they can head right over to my website, catthecoursebuilder.com. That's cat with a K-A-T-H-E, course builder, just like it sounds. And uh, just click on work with us and we'll take it from there. That is fantastic. Thank you so much, Kat. It was great to meet you. And I hope that this uh has been enlightening for some of the folks that are listening. A lot of times we talk to people who are in corporate jobs, but I think it's important that we also talk to people who have left corporate jobs and are successful because I want our listeners to get a really full range of all the possibilities that are out here. We have never had more opportunity to create a world that we want to create Mm. than we do right now. Absolutely. And so I still believe that. So I hope that I hope that a lot of people are listening and interested in this. Thank you so much, Kat. Oh, thanks for having me, Amy. It's been awesome. Wasn't Kat fun? What I love about this interview is that like so many of the people that I interview, Kat was on one path. Um, She was on a journalism path. And then she made a career switch and her career was heading in a direction she didn't like. So she, she took that into her own hands and she changed it. And, you know, so often I think we look at careers as linear paths, especially when we're starting out. But when we look at them, you know, in reverse, in hindsight, we find that, you know, a lot of times we've had to change course. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to Living Corporate and share us with your friends and colleagues. And you can really help us out by giving us a six-star review wherever you get your podcasts. You might be thinking, Amy, there are only five stars in the app. Okay, give us all those stars, but then go the next step by leaving a couple of sentences in your own words telling us what you liked about the episode or the guest. Don't forget to visit living-corporate.com dot com to learn more about our other podcasts, videos, web shows, and more. See It To Be It is brought to you in part by Lead At Any Level, a certified woman and LGBTQ-owned business dedicated to helping organizations transform the reclusive nerds into inclusive leaders. Lead At Any Level. Leaders can be anywhere and should be everywhere. Learn more at leadatanylevel.com. That's it for this episode of See It To Be It. This is Amy C. Wanninger, and I'll see you next week.
Franklin for Musical Elevation. Post-production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion? Email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and living-corporate.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.